everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats, what he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Jeff has been in the business for a long time, so long he has taken a lot of overseas trips. We're going to talk about the Saints and the Vikings overseas trip, the fact that the Chiefs and the Bucks could end up at U.S. Bank Stadium, and of course what exactly is going on with the Vikings. Uh, pulled out a tough victory against the Lions. Now, of course, they are going to London. We're recording this on Thursday morning. Uh, tonight, the the Vikings will be flying on a red eye to get to London to play the Saints. Uh, I think it's a game they should win, but we'll get more into that. Jeff, just start off with, uh, you have been on more, I've been on two Vikings games, trips to London um, in the last decade, but you've been on a few more than that. Yeah, actually, I, I was on the very first London trip that an NFL team ever took back in the the 1980s, and we played the Cardinals at Wembley Stadium, where the Vikings are not going to be playing this time, and the Saints. But that very first trip was, was really kind of a fascinating experience, very challenging. And at that time, I was actually coordinating all the team operations and travel and went over a week ahead of time, and it was a it was a very <clears throat> nerve wracking week because we were dealing with a promoter who was a little shady, <laughs> <laughs> and and we we had a we were supposed to be guaranteed a certain amount of money and it wasn't showing up in the bank here, back here and and so Mike Wynn was all nervous about it and yeah it was it was uh, quite quite the experience but it all pulled off okay and we had a fun time it was a preseason game at the time. <clears throat> Not a regular season game, but I, I did have several preseason trips overseas. Played in in Berlin, played in Tokyo, and and those were always really fun experiences. Never had a regular season game overseas, but I do think it's interesting, Jim, when you look at the different approaches of the teams that the Vikings are are heading out on on Thursday night on a red eye flight, <laughs> arriving Friday morning in London and have their regular practice week here <clears throat> as opposed to the saints who are who left from charlotte right after the sunday game and they've spent the entire week in london <clears throat> adapting to the time change and so forth <clears throat> so different approaches from the two teams <clears throat> i'm not sure it's really going to matter in the final analysis we're talking about 20 to 30 year olds more or less and they're very adaptable and don't need quite as much sleep necessarily and all everybody's talking about sports science and this and that and it was interesting to hear cousins talk yesterday about not only are they concerned about this game with the with their travel plans and their hydration and and their sleep patterns and all that but the difference this time for the vikings compared to their previous two trips to london 
they do not have a bye week coming up after the game, and they have to jump right back in and play the Bears the following Sunday. And so Cousins was talking about that they not only have to be concerned about this game, but also being ready to jump into to Bear Week and getting ready for that game and, and not be all out of whack for that. So that's going to be a really a, a different experience, I think, for the players that, who have been here on international trips. Uh, no doubt about it. And both teams are dealing with uh, injuries. Of course, we're talking here on Thursday. You know, Maybe some of these things will be cleared up by the time they play. But <clears throat> Dalvin Cook didn't practice on uh, Wednesday. He said he's day-to-day. O'Connell said he's day-to-day. Zadarius Smith uh, didn't practice. C.J. Ham didn't practice. They are going to get Harrison Smith back. The Saints might be without Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, two offensive linemen. Kamara is playing with a rib injury and has not looked explosive this week, uh, this year. Uh, so injuries are going to play a major role. And I, and you know, from your perspective, some of these run teams, uh, do you ever consider just not putting a player on a plane uh, who's dealing with an injury? Yeah, the, I think the athletes, the the players are are better served by being with the athletic trainers and being on the road with them on on the flights and all together and get to get the training that they need and, and the, and the treatment that they need and, and that they'll be ready to go. I think I, I would expect that almost all of these players will be playing on Sunday. Jameis Winston is an interesting case and he's obviously a key guy in this game because <clears throat> he's been so banged up this year. He's, he's had some apparently been dealing with some broken small bones in the back and he, and he's had some foot problems. He's also had some interception problems and, and the Saints are one of the worst teams in the league so far this year in turnover ratio. They're minus six, which could be a key to this ballgame for the Vikings defense if they can force some turnovers. And they'll, they'll have Harrison Smith back, which would be a good thing. And so we'll see. I think it's going to be important to get pressure on Winston in this game more than they got on Jared Goff last week, where he was very comfortable in the pocket, really almost until the final play. There was only... One, he, he was never sacked, but on the final play, Zadarius Smith and DJ Wanham did get in his face and he had to throw it up and Metellus had the interception to quench the game. But from the Viking standpoint, it was a, a, a big escape from a dangerous situation with a team that we talked about last week in Detroit that was much improved. And, and with some weapons, <clears throat> it was probably good for the Vikings that DeAndre Swift was a little banged up, and and so was St. Brown. But it ended up being a really good comeback win, and Cousins made the plays down the stretch after he struggled early on in the game. So to be 2-1 and one at this stage is, is good. Uh, having a tough early start, and we, and we knew the Lions were, were going to play him tough because the last two times they played were two-point games, and and I think this game with the Saints will will be a, a similar tough game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and, you know, if Winston can't play, if Winston plays, I think the Vikings win. If if Winston can't play, what's interesting is that Andre, uh, Andy Dalton is taking the first team snaps midweek for the Saints. Uh, I know we beat I know we beat the Vikings a couple of years ago as a backup. But still, he's at this stage of his career. I wouldn't really exactly fear uh, Andy Dalton. What what's interesting is Taysom Hill is seven and two as a starter, and he plays a lot like Jalen Hurts. I, I would that's what I would fear if I were the Vikings is having to face Taysom Hill uh, without really preparing for him all week. Yeah, and Taysom Hill is a is a weapon. We saw that in the playoff game a couple of years ago. He, he was their yep. best player. He was, and when, when the Vikings went to New Orleans and <clears throat> and upset them in that 
that wild card game. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a kind of the the curveball that the Saints could throw at the Vikings in this ball game with with Taysom Hill. <clears throat> if Andy Dalton plays, he he is two and two against the Vikings. And and another interesting little tidbit that Kirk Cousins was talking about in his his media conference is that the the last time he played in London was with with Washington. And mm-hmm. they actually had a 27-27 tie with Cincinnati, quarterbacked by who? Andy Dalton. Yep. And, and Cousins threw for 458 yards in that game, which is a, a record for any any quarterback playing in London. <laughs> so he does have a pretty good experience other than they didn't get the win. <laughs> that is true. Hey, this is uh, part of TalkNorth.com. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app to whichever shows you like. It's free. It's easy. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Thank you for listening to the network. Thanks to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, Platinum Bank, and the Minnesota Lottery, uh, Viking Scratch Game Edition. Uh, go to TalkNorth.com to find all of our shows, all of our archives. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see the shows as they are released. And by now, you probably know our lineup, best sports lineup in town, Cheryl Reeve, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, uh, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski, John Millay, uh, Mike Grimm, outdoor content, variety content, Dave Lee. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. So let's get to uh, Justin Jefferson. He has the incredible first week when the Packers basically decide not to cover him, and then two really poor weeks. Uh, and I know some of it's scheme, some of it's the way defenses have played, some of it's cousins going elsewhere. But I did have somebody, at, uh, you know, when I was out at Vikings practice yesterday suggest that Jefferson also isn't doing a very good job fighting off the line of scrimmage and dealing with physical cornerbacks. Where do you think the problem has been the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think it's a combination. And, and in, in the past, Justin has always had, had success when corners played him physically and in coverage mm-hmm. that, that he, he's stronger than he looks and quick. And, and so <clears throat> the fact that, that he did have some trouble with Slay in Philadelphia and, and Okuda last week with Detroit, that I'm sure that they're working with him on that and, and trying to get him off the line. And Kevin O'Connell has to kind of go back into his Cooper Cup playbook, I think, to spring Jefferson free from these sticky corners in man coverage that he's faced the past two weeks figure out ways to whether it's out of the slot, whether it comes out of the backfield so he's not getting jammed at the line. And I'm sure we'll see more of that this week, that, that they'll do some other things. They'll give him those quick flanker screens to get him the ball out in space. And I think those are some of the things that, that they got away from the last couple of weeks. And, and they know how important he is to their offense, even though obviously Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne had, had great games and, and KJ making the two big catches down the stretch were huge that he was able to spring free from ex Viking Mike Hughes in that on the on the winning touchdown and that Cousins was able to find him with with a rusher in his face. And so that that was all good, but ultimately you gotta have your best players, your superstars touching the ball and involved. And Justin, he, he is a team guy, but he also wants the ball and he did have a drop last week too and he's got to do better in that regard so it's a combination of of factors he's got to get off the line better they got to 
get them away from the co- the coverage a little bit. And, uh, and I think we'll start seeing that, that they'll, they'll make the adjustments they need to make. And starting this week, because Marcus Lattimore is a top corner in this league too. And he'll be, I'm sure, glued to Justin as much as they possibly can do that. Let's get back to the backfield here in a second, uh, but and we will do NFL picks here in a little bit. We'll also talk about uh, news around the NFL, including uh, two and the Dolphins and some really interesting developments. But uh, right now, we do want to thank our longtime sponsors, including White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk with you about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell. They're fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. Check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to the Minnesota Lottery, Minnesota Lottery, Viking Scratch Game Edition. It's the time of year to go big, to grab your passion by the horns, to let your purple flag fly. The Minnesota Lottery's Vikings Big Ticket Scratch Game is here to help you do just that. With $10.2 million in total cash prizes, you'd think that's as big as it gets. But the ticket is so large, it has huge second-chance prizes, too. So say I'm in. Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to go big. And thanks, as always, to Platinum Bank. I'm happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with market president Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So how would you go about making the decision whether to play Dalvin Cook or just go with Alexander Madison? I, I would always play Dalvin Cook if he's available and able. And I think certainly Alexander Madison is a very quality number two back, one of the best in the league. But I think the difference is just the explosiveness that that Cook brings and and a little better vision uh, in terms of of seeing the holes and anticipating where where it's going to open up for him. Whereas I think Alex is more of a a plow ahead guy, as we saw in the touchdown run, which was a fantastic run against Detroit, that six yard TD run where he broke about three tackles and powered his way into the end zone standing up. That was a great play. But, and I think they're probably equivalent in terms of, of receiving ability. Dalvin's had a couple drops this year. Alex had a drop, but they're both, I think generally good receiving back. So if Dalvin's able to go, I think you want to have him go and, Maybe 
take a chance this week that that even if he gets a little banged up and can't play against the Bears, that maybe you could still get by Chicago at home with Alex and with Kane Wong Wu as as a number two back. And hey, Ty Chandler is a quality guy too, as we saw in preseason. So I think they've really got a deep group of backs, which they talk about a lot. But if Dal- Dalvin Cook is he's an All Pro, he's a Pro Bowl guy. He's he's just different and special and against a a good defense in New Orleans if they can if he can possibly go and they can pad up that shoulder give him a little protection there I think they need to play him that's interesting because yeah the question is always is 100% of a backup better than 70% of a starter or whatever and uh, I just I just fear that Cook is going to play because he wants to play he bangs up that shoulder. He's never quite right this year. I think they can beat uh, the Saints with Madison. Of course, that's just that is just a theory. Uh, hey, let's let's get into the Vikings secondary. They uh, they draft Scene and Booth one and two to help their secondary out. They haven't gotten anything out of them in the in the actual defense. Booth still is on the side field. Scene, you know, is playing special teams, but not playing even when uh, Harrison Smith is out. And I do think you see some flaws in that secondary. P- Peterson isn't. You know, doesn't have the the speed and quickness he used to have. Dantzler still gives up some quizzical plays. Uh, you know, how how are you feeling overall about that secondary right now? Uh, a little shaky, honestly. And coming into especially to a game where you've got the Saints have three really good receivers: Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and, and Chris Olave, uh, coming off a a big game last week against against the the Panthers, even though they lost that game. Uh, he's their number one pick, and so they've they've got three really good receivers, and and yeah, I've, I'm concerned about the secondary. The crossing routes have been a big big problem for the Vikings, and and maybe having Harrison Smith back will help in that regard. That the Lions were really killing them with Josh Reynolds and and Amon Ross St. Brown and Shark on crossing routes. They had. 10 catches in the first half and most of those were crossing routes and I'm sure we're going to see similar work from the Saints in that regard I I do think Peterson had had really an excellent game last week honestly and and he made a couple of big pass breakups and then had was was in on the 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 big fourth and one stop with Daniil Hunter that that was one of the key plays in the game that gave the Vikings a shorter field to to kind of launch their comeback I, I thought he had a really good game Dantzler, I, I just don't think he's good enough, Jim, in the in the final analysis. <clears throat> I think he looks kind of lost out there sometimes, and maybe yep. part of it is on, on these crossing routes. He'll make a great play, then he'll make a, a, a terrible play. And I, I'm sure that their hope is eventually that Andrew Poos Jr. is, is the guy <clears throat> on that corner. But can he stay healthy? He had the sports hernia surgery. He had a lot of injuries in college. And he's been banged up off and on through training camp and now with the quad. I don't know. if Is he going to be a guy that can eventually overcome these injuries? We, we saw that with Robert Smith early in his career. And eventually he did overcome the injuries, became an all-pro player, a Pro Bowl running back. But it took a couple of years before Robert was able to overcome all the ACL injuries and the other problems that he had. And so I think Booth is a, an issue. And Lewis Seen, it I thought it was really telling 
that that you don't start your first round pick and you and you start a a guy in, in Metellus who's kind of been around a couple of years and obviously had a better grasp of the system in that in that uh, Detroit game. So how quick is is Seen going to come on? He's an athlete, we know that, but if he doesn't know what he's doing, it's going to be a big problem. And meanwhile, Bynum blew the coverage in, in the Philly game on the deep ball. And he's still a young guy coming on. So, yeah, I, I've got definite concerns about the secondary. And this is going to be a test. And what it ultimately comes down to, they got to get the pass rush going. They had seven sacks the first couple of games, and that was good. But certainly not good last week with, with very little pressure. Now, they did go against a really good, one of the better offensive lines in the league in Detroit, anchored by Frank Ragnow out of Chanhassen. <laughs> And the Lions have a really good offensive line, but they've got to get more pressure. And it really didn't come much until, as we said, the last play. And they've got quality pass rushers. We know that in, in Hunter and Smith and, and Wanham. But they got maybe they need more inside push from Tomlinson and, and Harrison Phillips. Got to get more pressure. And, and even Eric Kendricks was talking this week about, well, maybe we need to throw more blitzes at him or something, be a little more aggressive and, and so he's he's sending a message to the defensive coordinator and got Ed Donatel too that hey let's get after the quarterbacks. No doubt. And Mark Craig, our friend and my colleague, did a good piece on uh, Kendrick's comments this week as well. Uh, so are you buying the Miami Dolphins and Tua? Uh, a really impressive victory against uh, against the Bills, but you know, they're, every year there are teams that start fast and don't really last. I, I particularly. I like what I see from the Dolphins. What do you think? I, I do like what I see from the Dolphins. I'm just not sure that, first of all, is Tua going to stay healthy? That's been his problem in his first couple of years. And if he can stay healthy and they're not throwing the ball a lot, they only threw 18 balls last week. He's got the weapons. Tyreek Hill has obviously made a difference and is helping also the running game because he's, he takes on a lot of attention. But I, let, let's be honest, the, the Bills ran up. Josh Allen threw for 400 yards in that game. They they had more than double the yardage of the Dolphins, but Allen fumbled three times, including once on his own six-yard line, and that was really the story of the game. The Dolphins have a good defense, and, and we'll see them up close and in person in a couple weeks when the Vikings play them in week six. I'm not necessarily sold on the Dolphins yet because – as I said, the question in my mind, can Tua stay healthy? And if he can't, then what happens to, to their situation? But they certainly have a, an early good start. But we, as you said, we've seen that with other teams in the past. Last year, Arizona got off to a great start, and they faded down the stretch. So it's, it's going to be incumbent on, on Tua to stay healthy, on the Dolphins to help him stay healthy and protect him, and then be able to run the ball. We'll see, but I, I do think it's it's really fascinating, Jim. When you look around the league, and only one unbeaten team in each conference going into Miami, heading into Cincinnati on Thursday night, so that could change. And Philadelphia, the other team unbeaten, and conversely, only one team that's zero and three in the league, and that's Las Vegas. So you've got a a great middle, shall we say, where the Vikings are part of that group. Uh, there's 13 teams at two and one, including three in the NFC North. The Vikings, the Packers have rebounded, although their offense is still shaky. 
but their defense is playing well enough. They beat Brady and the Bucks. The Bucks, of course, were missing their top three receivers, so that didn't hurt the Packers' cause. And the Bears are still hanging in there, but they really haven't played anybody yet, and we'll see them next week. So although the Bears did have that upset win over San Francisco, but again in, in the monsoon that week. So it's a really interesting, crazy, jumbled NFL in the first three weeks. And I think that's exactly what the league wants and makes it really interesting. It's a lot more interesting to me and and to fans and so forth when you've got a league where the games are are close and competitive and there's lots of upsets every week. And we saw that last week, the Colts upset Kansas City, the Jags, the Jags are two and one. They, They beat the Chargers, the Panthers upset the Saints. And I think it makes it really interesting. You look at this week, Jim, I only saw one point spread of seven points or more, and that's the Packers 10.5 over the Patriots in Lambeau. You compare that with college football, for example, where you've got all these 20, 30, 40-point spreads, and how interesting is that? Even in conference games, you see Georgia and Alabama favored by that much. The Gophers, whatever, they're 12 over Purdue and they were 20-something last week. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah, and you're right. That, and that's what one of the many things that's made the NFL the dominant sport in America is some, some level of parity. And also, what no sport wants is meaningless a bunch of meaningless games at the end of the season. They want as many meaningful games uh, as possible, and the NFL is kind of on target for that once again. And this is, a, and given all that, it's a good time to pick our five NFL games, starting with Chiefs Bucks, which could be at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, I think it's uh, that, that's a, a really bad break for Tampa Bay. Obviously, not to get a home game, <clears throat> which first of all costs the franchise millions of, of re- dollars in revenue. But beyond that, not to to get Kansas City on the road in a loud environment that obviously hurt Mahomes last week in Indianapolis. And so I think in that situation with Tampa being so banged up at their receiving core, even though their their defense is excellent, I would go with Kansas City in a bounce back if they're on the road, if they're playing here at at U.S. Bank Stadium. If they're in Tampa Bay, I'm going to take the Bucs. Uh, I am going to take the Chiefs. I just think the Bucks are really banged up. It's got to be uh, just a crazy week for that franchise, whatever, whether they have to play there or move to Minnesota. I just and I don't see Mahomes losing two in a row, so I'll take the Chiefs in that one. Buffalo at Baltimore. Buffalo uh, very frustrated by a couple of end of half situations where they didn't get plays or kicks off. Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson playing great, but a team with some flaws. What do you think? Yeah, Lamar Jackson, wow, what what a season he has so far. Ten touchdown passes, and he's not supposed to be a great passer, but he looks like he's improved in that area against only two interceptions. He's got two rushing touchdowns, 200-plus yards rushing on the season. He's he's playing fantastic and sending a message loud and clear to the Ravens that, that hey, you better up your guaranteed money and your offer to me, even though I, I think he still is making a mistake in turning down if, if, as reported, he's been offered $250 million over five years, uh, he needs to take that deal as long as there's a 150 or so guaranteed. But he's hanging on saying, I want Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed contract. I don't think that's going to happen. But I kind of like Baltimore in this game. I, I know Buffalo is, is, a, is a terrific team, and they've, they, they should have won last week. 
And now that I'm saying that, Jim, I'm changing my pick right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I can't go against the Bills. I can't see them losing two in a row. Baltimore's defense is giving up a lot of yards and points. And, yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo. I think it's going to be a really close game, though. I agree with you uh, for all the reasons you stated. I will take Buffalo in that one. New England at Green Bay, fascinating to see, uh, you know, the Patriots really struggling and really struggling offensively uh, without uh, Tom Brady. Mac Jones is now injured. I, I do think there's a reason that this is the highest spread we've seen. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that Rodgers is starting to get a little more familiarity, com- comfortability, shall we say, with, with his young receiving core. And Dobbs made a, had a touchdown catch last week, I think eight, eight catches. We're not seeing a lot out of Christian Watson yet. But we know that, that the Packers eventually figure it out. And that defense is, is loaded, as we said, even if they had kind of a down game against the Vikings week one. So, yeah, I think, I think Green Bay wins this one pretty easily. I agree with you. And Rams at 49ers. Uh, pretty interesting, you know, the 49ers have already changed, changed quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know. The Rams – don't look like the same team they were last year when they won it all, but they're still pretty formidable. I'll go first on this one. I'll just take the Rams. I just think the 49ers are a little limited right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that even though San Francisco had the Rams number for a long time and had beaten them, whatever, four or five in a row, finally the Rams broke through in that NFC championship last year. And I think Garoppolo is, is a little limited. Their, their passing game just seems to be – a problem at this point in time. They're, they're not necessarily shaking loose their, their talented guys. And, and, and so I think that the 49ers have some issues right now. They're, they're still tough defensively, but I think, I think the Rams will find enough to figure it out. And I think Aaron Donald and company will put the pressure on Garoppolo force a, an interception or two and, and Stafford will make enough plays to, to get that win. We'll wrap up the show with Jeff's pick, Vikings Saints. I'll offer mine first. I think the the both teams are a little banged up. I'll just I just think the Vikings are the better team, and I think they'll win this one. I think they'll be four and one going to Miami in a couple of weeks. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I, I just think Jameis Winston is not not right at this point, and has been struggling with the injuries. I, I think that if the Vikings can get the pressure on him, get a little more pressure than they did last week. I think that'll force a couple of, of Winston interceptions. He's kind of reverted. Maybe it's with Sean Payton not being there anymore, uh, Dennis Allen, the new head coach. and But he's kind of gone back to some of his interception-prone days. And and also, I think there's an opportunity to run the ball on the Saints. They're pretty good in pass defense. They're ranked fifth in the league in pass defense. But they're 26th against the rush. And Christian McCaffrey had 100-plus yards against them last week. I think that the Vikings can run the ball with Cook and Madison, with the offensive line being confident. And especially Ed Ingram is an interesting guy to me. You watch him. He, he is, is much better as a run blocker at this stage of his career than he is as a pass protector. Even on the last touchdown play, he gave up a pressure and Cousins was able to get the ball out. And so I, I think they want to run the ball, and I think they will be able to run it fairly successfully against, against the Saints who have just not been playing great on defense, even though they have some talented people on defense. But that offense and and those three receivers are scary. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Vikings win. 
Uh, yeah, I've, and it'll be fun to watch a morning game. I just I don't know something about breaking up the normal routine of the week. I love noon Sunday games, but watching on TV on eight thirty in the morning, I, I love the idea of getting up, eating breakfast, and watching the NFL. So it'll be fun, and we'll be back next week on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider to recap it to set up the Bears week and uh, everything else that's going on around the NFL. So thanks to Jeff, thanks to Brian Burdett, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. <laughs>